0: All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks so much for hanging out with us again today. And I have here with me my relatively new friend. We've had the chance to meet on a couple of occasions, but Misty Christensen. Misty, thank you so much for making time for the Boca Podcast listeners.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: And we're going to just jump right into conversation, Misty, and uh, actually start the podcast in a little bit different way than than we normally do. I'm kind of mixing things up a little bit, but uh, let's start with something that I'm calling the technique for time. Uh, As a business owner, and we're going to talk about your business and your business model here in just a little bit, but as a photography business owner, what is one tip or technique that you utilize regularly in your life to create time for yourself and for your family?
1: Oh, that one, one of the things that I do is, well, one of of the things that I've been doing this year is just putting my phone down because I don't know how often I sitting on the couch or I'm doing something with my family and I pull my phone out, I push the Instagram button and I just scroll for like, I don't even know how long. (laughs) And then before I know it, I'm like, wait, what's going on right now? Where's my child? She's running off outside. Okay. I need to do something about this. So it's been good for me to be more intentional with how I'm spending my time on social media and um, kind of reducing my time sucks. Um, All those little things that seem to take me out of like real life and just stop paying attention.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. And in fact, this is something that we've kind of enacted at at my place as well, myself, my two kids, in order to create some accountability for ourselves when it came to our phone and being on our phone and social media and texting and, and so on and so forth. In the evenings, if we're spending time together having dinner, playing a game, watching a show, whatever it might be. Um, usually, the phones go we I actually bought a little wooden bowl, and we can stick our phones nice. there or just can leave them in our rooms or you know even just set them aside but but the the point simply is to set those aside for the sake of minimizing that that very thing that you describe, which is the tendency that that I think we pretty much all have to just go to our phone if we happen to have a free moment, open it up, go to an app, and scroll um, and of course. The last thing that we would want to suggest is that these these phones are are bad in any way because they're powerful, powerful tools that actually enable us to be really f- flexible as business owners. But I think that very word that you used, intentional, is a great word when it comes to how we manage our time and more specifically, how we even engage with our phones these days. And uh, I, I love the simplicity of the notion of just setting the phone down. So I, I thank you for starting off the, the conversation with a very simple reminder. It's good for all of us. And, and speaking of free time or creating that free time, how do you like to spend your free time? I know that you're in a, in a um, place called Mattawa. We were just talking about this before I hit the record button, Mattawa, Washington. You said it's right in the middle of Washington. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's literally like if you look at the map of Washington, it's dang near right in the center of the map.
0: And how, how long have you lived in that area?
1: Well, I lived here like three years in high school and then married my high school sweetheart and then moved back. We've been, I've been, he's lived here his whole life, but I came back like when we got married in 2010. So eight years at now as an adult.
0: Okay. Okay. And I'm, I'm curious to ask you a little bit about what the market's like, because the, the impression that I got based on our conversations is that it's a, a smaller market, but we'll get to that here when we talk about your business in just a few minutes. Something that I yeah. read or saw on your website, though, I have to kind of preempt this question about how you spend your free time, because I got excited when I saw that you like motorcycles. <laughs> do you ride motorcycles? I sure do. Tell us all about it.
1: <laughs> I've always ridden on the back, uh, the back of my dad's motorcycle growing up. Okay, um, We would go on trips. We lived down in Wyoming, and we would go on trips to Utah and go through the canyons, and it was just always really fun. So when I became an adult I always thought like I want to ride my own motorcycle like it's fun to be on the back but I knew it would be more fun to ride yeah myself and so I got my endorsement and bought a bought a Harley Davidson and we we went to Sturgis like the summer after I bought it and not for the big motorcycle rally we went like two weeks before okay but yeah it's it's been a lot of fun
0: and your husband's name is justin is that right yeah his name's justin and and justin rides as well yep oh that's so cool okay so how often do you get to actually get out and ride together
1: well now it's not as often as it used to be since we had kids but as often as we can we go out and we'll just cruise around a little bit if we have time or or i'll just go ride mine and he'll take his to count if you need to if he
0: needs to but, yeah yeah well I've found personally and I know I've, some some of our listeners are probably like oh no he's talking about motorcycles again but I' <laughs> I am so ecstatic I've had just an amazing experience with them in the last I guess I've been writing now for about two years almost exactly yeah. about a week ago it'd been, nice. it'll be two years but I grew up riding on the back of my dad's motorcycle as well he had he had a scooter and multiple motorcycles and just in the yeah. last couple of years, I, I picked up riding and I love it for multiple reasons. I mean, it, it challenges me. I'm, I'm planning on taking uh, my current bike to the track at some point. And, and of course, that's a whole different oh, nice. skill set and, and learning how to go around a track. And, and it's a whole conversation in and of itself. But one of the things that I love about riding is that it really is a, an outlet for disconnecting from kind of the day to day, the busyness of life, certainly, but particularly work in fact, I actually yeah. have the opportunity later this week, I'm, I'm meeting all three of my brothers ride, my dad rides still, and uh, I'm going to meet two of my brothers and my dad, and we're going to go for a couple of days and kind of ride through the mountains in Georgia, uh, Tennessee area, and uh, I'm really excited about that. But it, it's really just a beautiful, almost kind of meditative at times, disconnect from from the day-to-day, the, the mundane or what can be the mundane uh, life of a, of a business owner at times. It, it's really, really lovely.
1: Yep. That's for sure. I, and you can't just sit and play on your phone while you're on your motorcycle. So. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and I've talked about that yeah. before. It really does. And when I say meditative, of course, meditation means different things to different people, but one of the significant yeah. elements or components of meditation is just that simple idea, as you were alluding to just now, of being present, it does force mm-hmm. you to be present, which I think is wonderful, and I, I just I love it. I could we could do a whole podcast episode or two or three about <laughs> about writing, <laughs> but I won't I we won't could. bore our listeners too much. Hopefully, maybe even one of these days we'll get a chance to to connect out in your neck of the woods and and uh, go ride because that that whole area there is just absolutely stunning. I'm I'm quite jealous of you oh, guys.
1: Yeah, it's- it 's hard to find a bad place to ride what i will i 'll end the motorcycle talk with this. Somebody once told me that four wheels moves your body, two wheels moves your soul
0: absolutely that
1: 's pretty good yeah
0: absolutely well i 'd have to agree with that and there was and i 'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but there was something that I heard the other day that that really stuck with me too in regards to riding and and the cool thing is of course it 's not applicable just to to riding motorcycles but uh, people have a tendency of bringing up how unsafe, quote, unsafe riding a motorcycle can be. And certainly it can be. You don't have a metal box around you to protect you if something happens. But there was, I, was watching a docu- I think it was a documentary that I was watching, and this guy pointed out, he said, you know, I, I totally get the idea of being safe, but, mm-hmm. but what about living? He said, you know, being on a motorcycle enables you to live. I think he even said something to the effect of living at a level that most people don't ever live. And I think it's a yeah. good, good reminder. Again, it's just not specifically necessarily about riding motorcycles, but it's good to to push ourselves and get outside the box and challenge ourselves and maybe even be a little bit scared. I mean, skydiving. I've been skydiving a couple of times. It certainly did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do things that challenge us, that push us outside of the box, whether that's on a personal level or a professional level. Um, I think it just makes life that much more interesting. And uh, so, I'm going to encourage all of our listeners to do just that. Do something that scares you or challenges you a little bit today, <laughs> tomorrow, every day, really. And life will be that much more fulfilling for it. I, you've mentioned your family. Tell us a little bit about your family. Your husband and you've got two kids now. Is that right?
1: I do. Yep. We just had a little baby. I I have an almost four year old daughter. Okay. Her name's Rayleigh, and she's the little Spitfire. And then I have my almost three month old baby Jackson, and he's like the sweetest baby ever.
0: I, in three months old, I mean, I, um, when we were chatting earlier, I I heard him kind of cooing in the background. That can be a pretty challenging age. What, what, how's it been for you?
1: It's actually been pretty easy. He's like a super easygoing baby and yeah, I really can't complain.
0: That's really awesome. Uh, we had, I have two kids. My son Austin is 16. Addison is, uh, Mm -hmm. she just turned 13 and uh, I yeah. they're of course being a little bit older right now, I, I have a bit of a tendency to look back at some of their pictures when they were younger and kind of miss elements of of that younger stage. Definitely soak it up while you yep. can. But they're all kind of adventures oh, yeah. in and of themselves. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's for
0: sure. And, and challenging in different ways. But that, that's really cool. Well, congratulations on, on the newer one. Thanks. You guys have some really beautiful pictures too. I, I'm actually on your, your Instagram account right now. And for those of you listening in, you can check out Misty's Instagram account. It's just Misty, M-I-S-T-Y-C, Photography. Uh, all one word all overcase, of course, a misty sea photography on instagram, and there's this beautiful picture that you posted of Jackson back on April thirteenth that is just Thank absolutely you. adorable but man <laughs> there's there's really nothing like family life and and of course, as we've already alluded to, it has its challenges, but so many different rewards as well and uh, wh- what would you say is the thing that you guys enjoy doing most together right now? i mean they're young young ages, so you're probably a bit limited, but how do you like to spend time together?
1: We really just stay at home a lot of the time. Last spring and summer, me before Jackson was born, me and Raylee would go chase waterfalls and we'd go find a lot of hikes to go on. And so I was actually like six weeks pregnant until I when I figured out that I couldn't do that because I was dying. But we'll probably start doing that a little bit more as Jackson gets older. Yeah. We'll go on some hikes and and see the the outdoors and
0: fun stuff like that. I love it. That's really really great. Well, yeah. let's let's talk a little bit about your photography business because I I, I we're actually, I mean, I'm look, I'm scrolling here through, we're speaking of in, scrolling through Instagram. I'm actually doing that here on my computer as we're talking and you, just some beautiful, beautiful work. And, and I'm going to go ahead and mention your website again, or as well for our listeners, uh, Misty C Photography, just like the Instagram account, uh, M-I-S-T-Y-C photography.com. You guys make sure you go to Misty's website, check out her work there as well. But talk to us a little bit f- about how you got into photography and, and how long you've been in photography at this point.
1: My story is kind of different than everyone else's. I wish I could be like, I've had a camera in my hand since I was little. But I, <laughs> some case,
0: hey, it's, not, it's I, a good thing to mix I, it up.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I actually had a friend that had a DSLR and she just took beautiful photos of like her kids and her family. And I was like, man, like I I've always taken pictures. I like my graduation present to myself was a little point and shoot camera and it saw uh, too many things that probably shouldn't have. But it was—I just, just have always liked to document things. Yeah. And even growing up, I liked to look at my parents' old photos and my grandparents' old photos and hear their stories and get to find out like what was happening in the photo, what was so funny. So I—I I got a DSLR for Christmas in like 2011 and started taking pictures of my own kids. Started learning more. And then I was just like, man, I want to do this for other people because I I enjoyed it and it was something that I could do creatively and I was pretty good at it and it just kind of has blossomed into this this business that worked out pretty well for me.
0: That's really cool. Well, And there's something about doing, in fact, I've been thinking about this a little bit uh, in the last day or so even, just the significance of doing something that has a deeper meaning for you than you know, just, just simply making money. Yeah, To be able to start a business that comes from a personal passion, and, and passion is a word that's thrown around quite a bit these days, but that comes from a place that is extremely personal. In this case you knew the significance of images for your family. You want to be able to give that gift to other people. I think that's really powerful motivation for what you do and, and really, really a, a beautiful example for those listening in. And I have to say, just as compelling, if not more so, than you know, I grew up with a camera in my hand. So I, I do love that. How? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when did you actually have your first paid gig?
1: To, sometime in 2012. Okay. I don't even really remember. But it was probably family photos for a friend. And, and it probably went what I thought was great. And I could probably look back at it now and be like, Ooh, but that's, it's all about growing. Right.
0: Oh, for sure. No question. I mean, if I were to go back, in fact, I, I did even just, um, what was it yesterday or day before yesterday, I, I was looking through old wedding photos. I had taken uh wedding yeah. photos for, for a family member and this was years ago. I mean, this has been, I think maybe 13 years ago. And mm-hmm. I, I look at that stuff and I just kind of cringe and I feel bad almost, you know, they probably still appreciate the images, but I look at them like, Oh man, if I could only have given them something better, Uh, we all hopefully live and learn and grow. And uh, that's a, that's, I think we all probably hold that in common. I would at least hope so. (laughs) None of us got started and we're perfect photographers, but what, what did you decide to, what type of photography did you decide to get into?
1: So for the first few years, I just kind of did everything. Um, I was just kind of trying to find my niche and I originally thought that I really loved newborns and then I had my own newborn and then I didn't, and then it wasn't fun anymore because I had my own at home. <laughs> so I started doing, I did like my husband's cousin's wedding and I really loved it and just kind of started from that. Now I focus on weddings and couples and leave the rest to people that enjoy doing those things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. And, and in fact, that's really a great segue into my next question, which is your brand position. Um, I mean, I'm looking at your website right now. It looks like you offer wedding photography and also some portrait photography. But what would you actually say sets you apart from the photographers in your area? And this actually uh, will segue beautifully into our, our kind of primary topic, our focus for today, which has to do with standing out. Uh, but what, what mm-hmm. is your brand position and uh, how do you communicate that brand position to your potential clients?
1: So my brand position is, it basically boils down to the fact that I care. I, I care about my clients and I, I'm not just in a business level, but I care about them as people. And like, I really want to get to know them. I want to be able to help them through the process and be more like a guide rather than like just their photographer that they call as like, the day before their wedding and talk about things. Most of my brides will text me or most of them text me, not just email me, but they'll ask me questions. They'll be like, Hey, when should I have my ceremony around sunset? And when should I do this? When should I do this. And I, I want to be like their guide and I want them to have that trust in me that they know that I've got this for them. And I just feel like that's a good place to be. Makes them feel taken care of, and it (laughs) makes me feel like I'm needed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's actually a really interesting point. But I I see what you're saying, and you know what? I want to ask you more questions about this, but I'm going to leave it for our conversation about this idea of standing out. So we'll come back to that here in just a second. I do love the the fact that you point out the the significance of feeling good. I mean, the reality is even even in our desire to do things for others to make them feel better. There is, there is, I mean, it's kind of funny almost. There is this innate kind of selfishness to that and that we also know it's going to make us feel good, but I think it's a win win in the end. It's it's more, more positive way to look at it. Um, but I love that you're self aware in that too. I'm curious. It's going to go kind of a different direction here, but what's the toughest lesson that you've learned as a business owner so far? Huh.
1: The toughest lesson that I've had to learn is to say No. So like I mentioned earlier, when I first started, I was literally doing everything. Um, I was doing newborn photos, kids' photos, families, weddings, basically anything you could imagine I was saying yes to. And uh, the biggest thing that I learned was just say no, and not not necessarily like deliberately like, no, I can't do that. But uh, I found a lot of friend photographers that love taking family photos. And so, and they're amazing at it and they love it. And so if I ever get someone inquiring about family photos, I send them to them because I know that they'll rock it and they'll do an awesome job. And then I don't have to stress about it. Um, I found that if I got an opportunity that I knew wasn't going to fulfill my passion and wasn't going to make me feel good, it was going to cause anxiety or stress or take away time for my family. And I didn't want to do it that I could offer it to someone else who would enjoy it and who it would help their situation and yeah so basically just saying no to things that weren't going to enhance the situation <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and enhance the situation. I'm thinking like, well, first of all, I, obviously, there's there's always a question of, or usually, anyway, a question of financial benefit. Uh, but then I'm also thinking yeah. about your brand and what you're trying to do with your brand, and more specifically, your, your the business model that you're developing. And and this plays on an idea that we've talked about many times before in the Boca podcast. But you know, if a photographer or just a business owner in general doesn't have... A real clear picture of what they're reaching toward in life, and they're just kind of living day to day haphazardly and reacting to everything. Uh, it's it's going to be much more difficult to to say no. Uh, if you have a clear idea of what direction you're going as an individual, and then as a result, as a business owner, then it's much easier in that case to say, no, this doesn't actually fit my business model because it it doesn't fit this particular element of my life, or it doesn't line up with these particular goals that I have for you know the next five years or 10 years. And it's a lot easier to say no. So I'd encourage all of you listening in to make sure that, that, that you have a really clear idea of the direction that you're going personally, because that will then enable you to fit Filter out the stuff that doesn't make sense for your business, and I think that's really important to keep in mind. I, I, saying no, it, it really can be hard sometimes. Would you say that? What was the the main reason that it was hard to say no initially?
1: Probably initially was money. Yeah, because then you think, oh, well, then I don't get that income. But I learned, luckily, I learned it pretty early off that any amount of money is not worth stress and anxiety <laughs> to do something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to, to agree quite a bit there with you. That is that is a good way to put it. And, and again, a good reminder for those listening in. I mean, I, I totally get the idea of at the beginning of a business kind of uh, just being willing to do any and everything. And we've talked before about the idea of even offering services at no cost to the to the client Thank for you. the sake of building a portfolio. That's many times the reality of getting a business started. But again, I would encourage everyone listening and make sure you're really clear about your long-term goals personally so that you can then, that that enables you to establish a really clear business model and a direction that you're going with your business so that you can filter out what doesn't make sense so that you can say no And I really appreciate that reminder, Misty. Now, let's switch gears again. And speaking of gear, what is in your gear bag? Or more specifically, what's a favorite piece of camera gear? It it could be a camera body or lens or some accessory that you like to use. What's a favorite? Um,
1: So I shoot Nikon.
0: Yes. Go Nikon. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so I use D750s because they're amazing camera bodies. Um, The 850 looks amazing, but... Right now I have what I love already and don't see a need to go out and spend $3,000 for a new camera body. But my favorite lens has got to be the one hundred five one point four. They came out with it like last year or yeah. the year before. And I matched it up last summer and it's definitely a favorite.
0: Oh, and I would have to assume that your favorite thing about it is that shallow depth of field.
1: Oh yeah. And the, the compression and the the bokeh yeah, it's just dreamy.
0: Oh, I'm I'm jealous already. I shot Nikon for the extent of my wedding career and I'm actually getting ready to start a, a a uh, Wedding photography business or wedding and portrait photography business up here soon. And I, I currently have some Canon gear. And so I'm likely just going to go down that route for the sake of convenience, simplicity, uh, money yeah. savings. But I, I really, really love the Nikon system for the ergonomics, the layout of the buttons, the menu functionality, it just makes sense. And it still does, even now that I have a, a Canon camera. So so yeah. go Nikon, but at the end of the day, you know, and I'm glad yeah. that you made the point about the difference between the 750 and the 850 because uh, it is easy. And in fact, I, I still look back, and it's kind of laughable to think about the fact that a big part of how I got into professional wedding photography to begin with is because I just love the idea of the gear, like having a really fancy camera oh, that yeah. was fast and you know focused fast. And I was shooting film at the time, so it, it made push the film forward more quickly or advance to the next frame more quickly. Mm-hmm. It's so funny again to think about the motivation behind that. But at the end of the day, gear is fun. I get that. But the reality is that if you have even a decent handle on light and how to actually use the gear in your hand, you don't have to have the latest and greatest. And, and I think back to the first digital SLR that I shot with, we were shooting film, we transitioned or began to transition to digital. It was a Nikon D one X. And this thing was less than six megapixels. The dynamic range was terrible. You blow highlights if, if you weren't careful. But you could create beautiful, beautiful 20 by 30 prints out of a down-resed file from that camera if, if you did it right. And you just it was just about having a little bit of technique and approaching it the right way. Uh, and, and I think it's a good reminder for all of us that you don't have to have the latest and greatest in order to get a decent picture uh, at the end of the day. Just make sure you know how to use the gear you've got. So that's a good reminder for us. Let's let's, uh, yet again kind of switch gears and go a different direction here. I want to get back to our primary focus today, which is... This idea of figuring out how to stand out in the noise. I mean, it, it is such a it's a wonderful, wonderful 2018 culture that we live in. There's so much change in a positive way socially and certainly technologically, but there is a lot of noise as well. We were talking about Instagram earlier, just social media in general, in and of itself creates a lot of noise. And there are a lot of photographers on social media sharing their work and promoting their services it creates a lot of noise. So of course, the big question is how do we stand out or more specifically, and this reminds me of uh, a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. We've talked about him so many times before on the podcast. Incredible. You guys just Google Gary, G-A-R-Y-V-A-Y-N-E-R-C-H-U-K. But one of the things he talks about in his content is the significance of capturing a potential client's attention, or even for that matter, existing client's attention in in a of course naturally noisy world and so I'm curious to get your take on this Misty this is something that you said you were passionate about this idea of standing out what was your personal introduction to the significance of standing out or more effectively capturing the ten- the attention of a potential client
1: so when I when I kind of realized that I needed to do it it was a couple of years ago I I'm in a lot of photography groups and there there's always somebody like oh looking for a photographer in this area or this area and there were always like places that I would have to fly to and I was never interested but there was finally one that posted somewhere like three hours away from me and so I threw my name in the pot and figured why not let's see what happens and it wasn't until like a couple of days later when I hadn't heard anything and they hadn't liked it or, or <laughs> I hadn't had any sort of reaction from them and and so I went on the post and I saw, I was like, let's just look to see what I have to compare to. Ah. And there was and all, I went to their websites and it would either say, oh, I've had a camera in my hand since I was little, or I've, I had, a, I had kids and I started taking photos or it would say, I want to capture your memories or, or so, like they all said the same thing. Yep. And it was like a cookie cutter almost. And everybody, like the, the photos were kind of the same. The poses were kind of the same. The, the wording, the verbiage was the same. And I that was when I realized like, you, I can't be like everybody else. I can't be a website that someone goes to when they're looking at five, 10, 15 other photographers and they're like, wow, I've seen this before. Like, why does this look so familiar? And that was when I kind of realized the importance of of standing out and I part of me thinks that a lot of it is because of the the ease that we have now of getting information I think that a lot of us have taken the same courses or we we follow the same people or we or we hear the same verbiage as everyone else and so then we we all kind of start Sounding the same, and <laughs> we really
0: do. I, this makes me think of these social media posts, and I'm—I'm I'm sure I've been guilty of it as well. But the—the the phrase that is used over and over and over again, "I'm so excited," dot dot dot, just like filling. Oh my
1: left. gosh, I know, I know that I do it all the time, but it's really because I am excited, <laughs> and I'm—I'm I'm just a really excitable person. Yeah, and but yes. Yeah, Yes, I'm so excited. Dot, dot, dot.
0: But you know, yeah. you make a really great point there, which is that that we are because we are in this and, and it's again it's a phrase that's thrown around a lot, but this information age where there is so much information at our fingertips, particularly on social media, so we are constantly reading what another photographer is doing or saying and and it's yeah. very easy, even subconsciously, to just kind of copy and paste. Mhm.
1: Or even think like, "Wow, why didn't I think that? I think I spoke that next week." Right. <laughs>
0: But I'm you know this this actually is a good segue though into another question, and I don't want to interrupt your train of thought maybe this will kind of play into it as well. You talked about this yeah. idea that, that photographers are copying other photographers and and again, I don't know even know that it's always conscious probably in many cases it is mm-hmm. but there's a funny kind of dichotomy here which is that photographers seem to be make a really big deal internally or they're really, really concerned about being as good as, or the images looking as good as, or looking like other photographers when the reality is because it is such a noisy environment that we exist in as professional photographers. Now they should be making more of an effort to do something different, not go look at the other photographer and do what they're doing, but do something different. Why do you think that is what's happened?
1: I think a lot of the time, It's that we see these bigger photographers that are doing all these great things and booking all these clients and, and that we want to be like them. I think it's important to remember that like what works for these famous photographers, if you will, might not work for us. We may not have the resources they have. We may not have the the background that they have. We might not have the clientele that they have. So it's important to remember that like, We are different and so we need to be a little different. We can take pieces and make it work for our businesses, but maybe not just copy them exactly.
0: Yeah, that, that's a great point. And the other thing I'm thinking, I was thinking about too, is you were talking about what about our existence as photographers might not be the same as as that person or those people that we looked up to. The other thing that could be different is, is the environment or the market, right? If you're in a particular market, and I actually want to ask you about the market that you're in, if we're in a different market than that person that we're looking at, then naturally we're going to, at least in some ways, I mean, we're, we're in some ways we're in a national market or even an international market now because of the way that technology works. But um, in some ways, we have to differentiate the way that we run our business for the sake of the local market. Somebody that shoots in New York City in Manhattan isn't going to function the same way, probably, that a photographer in Mattawa, Washington is going um, to function. And to that point, I'm curious, how big is Mattawa?
1: Mattawa is not very big. It's a it's a migrant area. So okay. there's a lot of agriculture. So depending on the year, it can be anywhere from like 2000 to
0: Six thousand. Oh wow. Well, okay. So that you, yeah. you prove my point exactly. I mean, being in a market, and I'm sure you travel to surrounding markets as well in order to sustain yourself as a photographer, but being in a market like that, you're naturally gonna function differently than somebody who is in a much bigger market. So I think you make a really great point. There are multiple reasons why simply comparing ourselves to somebody else doesn't work. It's not, you know, you can't do a direct correlation or translation of, hey, this is my existence as a photographer, that's theirs, I wanna be just like them because the reality is there's so many different potential elements that make up what has uh, built their business. And where you are could be drastically different. You can't simply copy and paste. But you also made the point that we should kind of let our own unique side shine through. There's certainly a wonderful opportunity for that. And, and the other thing that you've spoken to, maybe you're going to expound on this a little bit as well. Earlier, when I asked about your brand position, you spoke to the significance of the relationships that you develop with your clients. And of course, relationships come about as a result of our personality, right? We put ourselves out there as individuals. People are drawn to our personality. We develop relationships with, with this client or potential clients. And then we have the opportunity to do business with them. And hopefully that then translates to more businesses. They talk about us. Um, would you say when you talk about your brand position and this being the thing that sets you apart, how does that actually differ from other photographers in your area? Because I know that photographers, you're not the only photographer who's going to say, Hey, I want to focus on developing relationships with my clients, or, or, or maybe, maybe it is different there in a smaller market. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: You are definitely right that I'm not the only photographer that says that I want to build connections with my, with my clients, but I try to stand out by doing that. But also I I think there's a lot of photographers that gift their clients, but I might over gift them. (laughs) I know that one of my love languages is gifts, Yeah. but I probably, I might have more fun giving them than getting them actually. But I, I lost my train of thought. Remind me what your question was. <laughs>
0: so, but you're, what you're suggesting then is that you're taking this, this service to a whole different level. That's where you have the opportunity to kind of win, if you will, over your so-called competition is that – uh, while there may be other photographers who are working at relationships with their clients in one way or another you're taking that service to a whole different level
1: yeah so I really want them to have an uh, an experience with me I don't and I know there's other photographers out there that say the exact same thing but i i want them to know that that I'm the one that that can help them with this process and that I can kind of I've done it a few times I haven't done it personally but I've Helps with a lot of weddings, and a a lot of the time, my brides can't necessarily afford a wedding planner. Part of part of living in a smaller area, (laughs) but and so I I kind of almost take on a role as their photographer and their planner. Not like I don't I I help them find vendors. I don't help them find vendors, but I give them vendor referrals, and I I help with their timelines so that just so that they can have a peace of mind. Um, on their wedding day, because I I know that it's a lot easier when my brides aren't stressed and then I'm not stressed because my bride's not stressed. And then it's like you're getting married. It should be a fun day. It shouldn't be a day that you have to stress about what time your mom needs to show up for pictures.
0: (laughs) No, well, this is very, very true. And you're right. Many times we do as photographers, uh, especially in certain markets, end up being that wedding coordinator, the wedding planner, and probably help the florist and I uh, helped the baker with the cake a little bit. I mean, we we do tend to step in. I think many times to help with at, at all, in all kinds of different roles. I think it's an interesting point that you're making, and and something that actually came to mind. Not only is there a significant opportunity for you to set yourself apart from, uh, or potentially set yourself apart from other photographers by offering a whole different level of service that other photographers maybe aren't, especially at a certain price point. Um, but you're also Setting yourself apart from probably many companies that these clients have worked with in the past or maybe are currently working with, they're used to being treated like a number, uh, like somebody who doesn't really actually matter in the scheme of things, and they're just going to get lost in the mix. You're treating them like they truly do matter. And that in and of itself is going to create a significant impact and help you stand out, not only in the noise of the local photography market, but just in the noise of their life. You know, they, they're getting married. They're maybe even stressed out a little bit, as you're pointing out. And, and yet here comes Misty, who is genuinely concerned for their well-being, their experience on the wedding day, and not just for the sake of the photography. And I know that makes a really, really massive impact. And I would assume that this makes a difference too in the way that you're able to book clients. I mean, would you say that most of the business that you're getting comes from referrals?
1: Definitely. Almost, almost all of it actually comes from referrals and it's, it's kind of refreshing because a lot of the time since I am treating my bride so well and, and since I love them so much, um, I'm getting their friends to come to me and they're kind of a similar people. And, and so we ended up, we ended up just, hitting it off really well anyway so that's been i i am hesitant to throw out the ideal client word but (laughs) more like an ideal people yeah than an ideal client but i i just like working with those kind of people that that know that i care and that are appreciative that i care instead of like you said clients that are used to just being a number and and that don't necessarily think to reach out for the help.
0: Well, I, I would say that just in, just with those referrals by themselves, that, that you're actually practicing what you preach, you do what you say, um, your clients are obviously excited by the experience, and so they're naturally talking about you. And this is a big deal these days. You know, it, it's funny, of course, that the medium with which our clients talk about us Uh, maybe has changed a little bit, they may be DMing their, you know, their best friend through Instagram, uh, telling them about you versus, you know, talking to them on the phone or having a conversation in person or even sending an email. Uh, But at the end of the day, if we're creating an experience that sets us apart from our competition, uh, that can make all the difference in the world as to whether or not we're able to get that next client. And uh, I I think that's a really great point. This is something we've talked about on the podcast before. We can talk about photographic style all day long. And in fact, at Photographer's Edit, we actually very much specialize in matching the photographer's editing style. I know photographers put a lot of emphasis on that, a lot of priority on that. and, And I understand why. But the reality is that there are thousands and thousands of photographers out there using the same Lightroom presets and Photoshop actions, and um, and are shooting in this style or that style, whatever the latest trend is. I was actually just hanging out with some photographer friends here locally on, uh, I guess it was Saturday. Uh, his name was Rich, and uh, Rich and Heather actually they've been on the podcast multiple times with our Workflow Wednesday episodes. Uh, but Rich was reminding me of the the fad or the, tr- I guess, probably more a fad than a trend, uh, which was adding textures to photos. This was something that came and went a number of years ago. Do you remember that?
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that.
0: <laughs> it just cracks me up. And that's just one of many. You know, we've had like the Lomo effect and cross-processing. And of course, film, this this idea of matching the the finish of film has been a thing for a while. Who knows what's going to be next? But the reality, and, and really the, the the point at the end is that photographers are going to kind of follow suit and they're going to follow this trend and that fad. And they're going to, they're going to do the same thing that hundreds or even thousands of other photographers are doing. But what, where we can differentiate ourselves truly is in the experience. And I love that you're emphasizing that here, Misty, that we can set ourselves apart by creating a more powerful experience, a more unique experience, a more personal experience. And that's so important. Let's make this really, really practical in closing uh, for our listeners. What Let's go with questions. What three questions um, should photographers be asking themselves in order to make sure that they're developing a brand that actually stands apart from their competition? What should they be thinking about?
1: I think we need to kind of take a, a big look at the... Uh, or we need to look at the big scheme of things. Okay. Um, so not just what we need to be doing, but what we can do for our business. So I think the first thing we could ask ourselves is like, kind of looking at our strengths and our weaknesses. So we'll, we'll say that's number one and number two. So like, what are we really good at? And we can focus our time more with those things. And then what are we not as good at? And we can kind of give those things away. So if you're really good at correspondence, um, then you need to be the one that's, the, that's messaging your clients, that's emailing your clients. If you're not as good at, I don't know. Let's say if you're not as fast editing, then maybe give photographers edit a shot. <laughs> and shameless plug.
0: Thank you for that.
1: <laughs> shameless plug. Um, I did that last year, which is one of the reasons I can do that. <laughs> or I can say that.
0: Thank you. Thank so you.
1: just taking, yeah, no problem. Um, just figuring out what really will give you more time to help work on your business instead of in your business or, yeah, work on your business instead of in your business. And then then you can use that time to create those relationships and to kind of build a better experience. And number three then I think would be to figure out what makes you different as a person. So there's a lot of things that make me different than photographer A, B, or C and I want my clients to know that like the fact that I have a family and that I that I know that marriage is important Um, I know that marriage is hard and I know that there's they're probably going to have some hard things that they have to go through in their marriage and just really realizing what what makes you you and then kind of translating that to your to your business because like we had mentioned before, there's a lot of photographers that are going to look the same and that are even going to start sounding the same. But if you're really more focused on yourself and what you can give to them, then I think that you can just you can give a better experience rather than if you're trying to give someone the same experience that someone else is.
0: Yeah, and, and again, it'll be so much easier to kind of take the easy way out and just copy and paste that experience. I really, really love those first two points that you made and that you're focusing on your strengths, setting aside or really kind of delegating your weaknesses, right? Giving those those things that you're not as good at to somebody else or to another company so that you can focus on what you're good at. And the reality is, as as photographers, even if we consider ourselves introverts, at the end of the day, if, if we aren't willing to make an effort at developing, uh, not only our ability, if if you're an introvert, to engage with people that you don't know, uh, but but to take it a step further and and put yourself out there and develop deeper relationships with. Not only potential clients, but especially if you're a wedding photographer, and this is something we've talked about in the podcast many times before, but it's really so important to develop relationships with with wedding vendors who you're going to either be working with or may have the opportunity to work with, uh, who are going to see your work, and, and that may be a potential referral. I've, I've talked about Taylor on the podcast before. Taylor was a wedding coordinator in the Chattanooga area, and and she used to send us an incredible amount of business, and not even send it to us. She would literally bring it to our bring these clients to our office, sit down, and sell to them. I wouldn't have to say anything. This is the kind of relationship that we had with Taylor. That kind of relationship isn't possible if you're just simply well. First of all, copying and pasting experiences like like you were talking about Misty, but especially not possible if you don't have the freedom to spend uh, and, and the time to spend on developing those relationships and focusing on your strengths, those things that I, I would like to say are proactive in nature, those things that are going to actually help move your business forward and minimizing the time spent on um, not only the things that you're not as good at, but those things that are just kind of busy work, delegating that stuff so that you can focus on developing relationships. That's really at the core of developing a photography business, and um, so I love that we're finishing the conversation with that because it's such an important point. Uh, we can stand to repeat it over and over and over again. Figure out how to minimize the amount of busy work that you're doing in front of your computer, and focus on relationships, and and ultimately focus on that experience that you're creating. That is going to help you stand out in the noise. And uh, I, I love this point. I love this fact, and I, I appreciate you sharing it with us today, Misty. Maybe in closing, if if you could just share with our listeners again uh, where they can find you, your website and social media, so they can go follow you online.
1: Yeah. So my my website, like you mentioned, Jerseyer is Misty C Photography dot com. M I S T Y C Photography, and same with my Instagram. It's at Misty Photography and. You can check out my blog because I'm on there a lot and you can see my cute family and see (laughs) all my cute couples that I love so much.
0: And yeah, and I have to say your beautiful work too. Everybody listening in, make sure you go check out Misty's work. Just really, really gorgeous photography. Check that out. Thank you so much, Misty, for making time for the Boca podcast today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by photographersedit custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com.